Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What's up, Montana? Hope you're having a great Thursday. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana television. Maybe you're watching all around the world on YouTube. Whatever way you're consuming the show, we appreciate it. And uh, we hope you keep on keeping on because we're having a great time doing what we're doing around here. Awesome first hour, Chad Dundas, a local guy who is one of the most successful sports writers to come out of the University of Montana and also cut his teeth here in Missoula. He's written several books now uh, that have gotten national acclaim. He's also widely considered one of the premier Mixed Martial Arts Podcasters on Planet Earth. He's got a UFC podcast called the Co-Main Event MMA Podcast, and he was kind enough to spend the first hour with us to talk all about the evolution of the sport, the facade of the sport that is boxing, and uh, the the degradation of that, the way that it has sort of fallen apart. And uh, he was also kind enough to talk all about this weekend's upcoming UFC fight. If you missed anything in that first hour, you can find it on the podcast podcast is available on all your various podcasting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe. It is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Blackfoot Communications. Hour number two, we're going to hear from our good friend Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports here after a little while. But first and foremost, we got to go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line and welcome in one of my favorites. Uh, he's been on the show before, but we're happy to welcome him back as part of our Montana Football Hall of Fame series. He's one of the headlining members of this upcoming 
class that will be inducted at the Billings Convention Center here on June 26th. If you need uh, any sort of uh, ticket information on that, you can go to mtfootballhof.com. We still have tickets available for it. But it's Travis Lule, former Montana State quarterback, as well as former CFL standout. Travis, my man, thanks so much for making some time today. How you doing? You bet. I'm doing good. How are you, Coulter? How are you and everyone in Montana this Thursday afternoon? Oh, man. It's it's a, it's raining here today, which is a great thing on June 10th because that means we might be able to make it to the end of August without uh, burning to the ground. But other than that, things are good, and we're happy to have you here. First and foremost, congratulations on your upcoming induction. I know you've been inducted into Hall of Fames already, including Montana State's Athletic Department Hall of Fame. But just tell us a little bit about this one because uh, the Montana Football Hall of Fame is something we got off the ground here about six years ago. This will be our fifth induction class, but I highlight some of the best guys that have played football in the state of Montana or that have come from Montana or a combination of both, but we're very proud of the inductees we've had so far, but we're very happy to have you as a part of this class. So just tell us what's a, what is your feelings about this upcoming, I guess it's two weekends from now here in Billings. That's right. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just honored to be a part of this group. I, uh, you know, Montana became like a second home to me and a really important part of my life you know and my brother ended up coming out there my brother married an anaconda girl so um you know our, our montana roots are, are are pretty strong and that'll always be a part of our our life even though we're you know life has taken us full circle back here to oregon but i just just looking at the names um you know of the people that have been inducted into the montana football hall of fame i mean it's uh, it, it's it's quite a list of people who are you know you know obviously really influential people and um, both in in the state of montana Montana and away from the state of Montana have gone on, you know, to make names for themselves outside of just uh, the state, obviously. So, um, you know, a lot of those guys I've been fortunate to cross paths with. And if I didn't directly, obviously, I'm familiar with them. So uh, it really is uh, a a cool honor to be, um, you know, listed alongside some of those guys. Give people an update on you because uh, a couple years uh, away from retiring uh, from your professional football career, an outstanding career uh, that lasted nearly a decade in the CFL. I know that you did some uh, work in the front office for the BC Lions as well, but you just mentioned that you're back in Oregon. So what, what's the uh, what's the update? What's going on with Travis Lule and his family? Yeah, well, I'm finally putting that old finance degree I got at Montana State uh, to work. I have uh, formally joined uh, the financial planning firm my father started here in the in the 80s. My brother has been uh, working with him since 2010, since right after he got married in Montana, actually moved back to Oregon, um, and he's been here for the last 10, 11 years. And so, you know, I'm I'm kind of part of that second generation succession plan that my father would have hoped to come to fruition. So, it was just kind of a time in in our life, uh, personal family life. You know, retired from football, kind of made that decision that we didn't want to uh, hitch our wagon to football as uh, as a second career, right? To go into coaching. Or front office, or and I and I had opportunities to do that, and it wasn't an easy decision uh, to leave, you know, a, a game and a profession that I that I truly loved and met so many great, um, you know, people and so many relationships along the way. But it was, you know, an opportunity, <clears throat> kind of a unique opportunity to, you know, feel the study I'm interested in. It's a service business. Um, it's a family business, an opportunity to raise the kids around the grandparents and work with my brother, and you know, be a bit you know, a business owner and partner with my brother. It just, just kind of a cool life opportunity. And we'd been on that, you know, they say, uh, 
Uh, I've heard it described in the pro football world. It's as though you're in kind of the eye of the tornado, and you don't really recognize it maybe till you you know you retire and you take a step back and see what what just happened. It's a, it's a fast, furious journey. Um, you know, I was in it for 14 years, 13 years as a player, and then one more working in the front office side. And um, <clears throat> you know, so to take a step back, kind of evaluate where we wanted the next phase of our life to look like. My wife's from here. Uh, her folks are still here and healthy. My parents are still here and healthy. And, you know, uh, Lord willing, that's the case. Um, and wanted to raise the kids around that. So, so here we are. Uh, I'm now coaching, but it's in the financial world uh, as a financial planner working with clients. So, um, and so far, it's been a good transition. really has. My brother and I still tolerate each other. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to work with people and be an important resource in their life. <laughs> what are you doing to replace the thrill? Because I think that's the thing that no matter what level of football you play at, I mean, it's impossible to replace game day. Even if you're just playing in a, a small town in the Northwest United States in high school football, it's still a hard thing to replace, let alone if you dedicate so many years like you did. So what what's sort of uh, fueling Travis Lule's competitive edge these days? Yeah, well, um, you know, I guess a couple of things. One, I, I think for one that, the, the the crazy emotional highs and lows that come with playing pro sports and being directly involved in it um, subside a little bit. <laughs> I, I tell people the rhythm of life does feel a little bit different. If you looked at you know how it would have been the highs of winning a winning a game to the lows of you know being hurt, not knowing what the off season is going to entail. Like you know it's just a different emotional rhythm of life. It's a little bit more level. That said. Uh, last night we just wrapped up our coach pitch season, co-ed baseball slash softball, coaching my two daughters uh, in, in that. So I was on the hill, so to speak, throwing, throwing pitches to my little girls. Pretty fun. Maybe not quite the same level of intensity of running away from 300-pounders, but, uh, uh, but it's really you know, I'm a sports guy. I believe in, I, I believe in just bigger than the wins and losses, the values learned in, in uh, particularly in youth sports. And I have no doubt, um, you know, that the, the discipline and all those things, learning how to work with other people, learning how to, how to lose, learning how to work hard. So you lose less often. Right. And all those things are, um, you know, apply to regular life outside of sport too. So it's fun to be able to give, give back to that being that's the world I live in. So I've lived in for so much of my life. Right. So, um, so that part of it's fun. Um, you know, and then we're running a business too, you know, we're working hard to do the best we can for people. So, uh, you know, there's incentive out there to continue to work. It's, it might change a little bit. I do play, um, uh, in a really competitive, uh, men's volleyball group. If you don't know volleyball, Coulter, Check it out at some point in time. Kind of playing volleyball on a racquetball court. I play a couple days a week with some other guys, so I get to scratch that competitive itch at least a few days a week anyhow. So, uh, so all is well so far on this side, and I get beat up less on the weekends. I'm gonna stick to the golf course. I don't know. I'm not. I've seen you play sports, buddy. I'm not. Uh, I'm not playing any volleyball with you. That sounds like a torn Achilles <laughs> to me. But I'm glad you're uh, still staying hungry out there and still competing in some form or fashion. Travis Lelay joining us, former Montana State and BC Lions quarterback, and an upcoming headliner for the Montana Football Hall of Fame's upcoming class. If you want to get a hold of us for tickets, I'm on the board of directors, and it's been a, a great pursuit of mine. One of my favorite events of the entire year, bar none. It's not close. Uh, June 26th at the Billings Convention Center uh, in Billings, Montana. 
We still have some tickets left. It's $100 for a ticket or $800 for a table. We'd love to have you there. It's expected to be our largest event yet. We've continued to grow this thing as uh, we've continued to have induction classes, and it's been very fun to pursue all of that. Other inductees from this year's class include guys like Marty Morningweg and Brent Musburger, as well as Ken Amato, excuse me, Dan Carpenter. So it's uh, sure to be a fun event, a great time, a lot of great stories. You can swing through Universal Athletics uh, in Bozeman or any Universal athletic store and get yourself a ticket or you can call 598-3297 that's 598-3297 the easiest way though so you don't have to memorize all this is go to mtfootballhof that's mtfootballhof.com you can find all sorts of uh, ticket information there as well we'd love to have you with us in billings and uh, hear some great stories from Travis Ulay and a bunch of the other inductees as well. Travis, let's talk about some stories from the past. I think that uh, around the state of Montana, you are well remembered as a guy, first and foremost, to help the Montana State football program get back on track. I know when Mike Kramer came into MSU, uh, it was a program that needed a little jump start, and uh, the 2000 season was one uh, that was forgettable, to be sure, uh, for those that were involved in it, but also an important one in terms of the rise of the program as that Bobcat team did not win a game. But a couple years later, a landmark moment as you led Montana State to a 10-7 victory here in Missoula. I remember being in that game uh, as an eighth grader and uh, just being awestruck with uh, just the performance by the Bobcats, uh, particularly you know the legendary pass of Junior Adams. And at that moment, that's sort of when I kind of realized, even though I was growing up in Missoula, that I really wanted to follow this Montana State program as well because it was pretty darn fun, and those were some great teams. But just tell us about your your time at Montana State because you came in at a time where the program really did need a significant jump start. And you guys were able to sort of be on the cusp and lay the foundation for what has been then an incredibly successful last 20 years for the Bobcats. Yeah, yeah. well, a couple things there. It seems wild to say that was 20 years ago, but here we are. Um, and the other thing that kind of sticks out there is that a 10-7 game uh, was, was such a meaningful game. 10-7 is not uh, lighting the scoreboard on fire as far as Big Sky Conference scores traditionally can go. But, yeah, obviously that day in Missoula was a, a you know, a whirling snowstorm, cold weather game uh, day for a football game. But, you know, I, I think the significance of uh, kind of that moment um, grows stronger with time. You know, I, I, when I was I, – I just kind of recall a couple of just anecdotal – stories just kind of similar to how you mentioned it right um from a few gentlemen when i was at the montana montana state um hall of fame ceremony a little while a couple years ago now when i was inducted into that class had some people come up to me and recalling that moment saying like listen we were bobcat fans but not really like we could never wear the blue and gold with that much pride it just been so long you know that we were little brother to 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 that team in missoula so um, they said, I remember listening to that game wherever they were. And this is multiple people. I have four or five people. I mean, there's really similar stories saying, you know, it was that, after that moment where, you know, that, that Christmas we bought some new Bobcats again. And then, we, you know, we went in a row. And, uh, you know, after after all those years kind of a futility in a rubber game, in the Cat Grizz game, to, to have – have you know have Montana State fans restore a little bit of pride um, and you know I could I could feel a little bit of momentum even as they were recruiting me and just it felt like things were going in the right direction so you know to be a part of a group of guys um, that kind of continued to build on that and after 
um, you know, after I left and have continued to, you know, the last time they played a, uh, a meaningful game, they were playing in a, in a semifinal game. And, you know, when I had gotten there, that was, that felt like a pipe dream 20 years ago. And now that's kind of the expectation to make runs into the playoffs. Right. And so it's, it's fun to see that, um, you know, I went back for a game in the fall of, of 19 and, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, having not been at a regular season game in a number of years, because obviously, you know, playing pro ball, I wasn't able to get back much, uh, that time of year, but to, to come back to a game, just to see the suite level completely packed, you know, know that there was a waiting list, uh, there at the stadium, now, having seen the stadium, you know, obviously it just feels different, diff- different field than when I had gotten there it was a grass field. They didn't have the horseshoe in end zone, the end zone, which they can't I think we lost your guy, Coulter. I think so, too. Maybe we'll uh, try to call Travis back here because uh, I think we did lose uh, the connection. Listen to Juana's now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide television, SWX Montana TV. We are about a day and a half away from giving you a stay and play at the Coraline Resort, so keep those entries coming. All you have to do is show us evidence of any sort of you uh, consuming this show and just text it in to 888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. We have 18 holes of golf times two, plus a night at the Coeur d'Alene Resort for you as well. It's part of our Coeur d'Alene stay and play that we do each and every year with the Coeur d'Alene Resort, one of the great golf venues and one of the great venues, period, to spend a weekend in all the northwestern Hello, United States. Aaron, please leave me your name and number. Efforting Travis Lule, former Montana State and uh, BC Lions quarterback, is part of our Montana Football Hall of Fame series. He is a part of the upcoming induction class uh, here at the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Montana Football Hall of Fame is less than two weeks away as well. June 26th will be the induction ceremony at the Billings Convention Center there uh, in Billings, and uh, it's a great class this year. Travis texted. He said he can call him back if we need to. Maybe we'll try one more time, but either way, uh, appreciate Travis for jumping on the show with us. He is part of a great class. It also includes Victor Linskag, who's our uh, legacy inductee, as well as Shane Collins, one of the great athletes to ever come out of Montana, one of only three guys to ever win Gatorade Player of the Year in two different sports during his time at Bozeman High School, and then went on to Arizona State, was a national championship caliber shot put thrower, as well as a borderline Olympian in the shot put, but then became a second-round draft pick by the Washington Redskins. A great story. Uh, by Shane Collins, Travis Lule from Montana State, and the BC Lions, Steve Okanuski from the University of Montana, great player in the late 60s, early 70s for BC, as well as Brent Musburger, legendary broadcaster who uh, part-time makes his home in Hamilton, Montana sometimes uh, in uh, various times throughout the year. Bob Beers, who was a great player for the Grizzly football team and then also went on to become uh, a pretty acclaimed NFL scout. Ken Amato from Montana State, who played in the NFL for a number of years and uh, was a great long snapper and, among other things, for the Bobcats and then into the NFL. Dan Carpenter, the all-time leading scorer in the history of University of Montana football and Big Sky Conference football. A great kicker who had a decade-long NFL career. And then Marty Morningwig, a great friend of this show who was a Grizz quarterback back in the day and then became one of the quarterback gurus in the NFL, coaching guys like Brett Favre and Steve Young and... uh, Michael Vick, and a variety of other guys all the way in between. Bummer to lose Travis there, but we really appreciate him Appreciate him joining the show. Uh, it's fun to have him on, and uh, it's always fun. And I, I'm sure he will be making another appearance for us uh, as well. But as of right now, we got to get out because we got to get to Carolyn, our resident chick who doesn't know sports. 
She has a lot to say this week. So keep it right here. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Hope you're having a great afternoon. Thanks so much for kicking it here with us. On Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in. SWX Montana Television. Keep those entries coming in. 406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. That's the phone number. Send us evidence that you listen to this show, no matter what. No matter when. Doesn't matter if you listen to the podcast, the live stream, YouTube. SWX Montana Television, on the radio, whatever. Keep the pictures coming in. We appreciate it very, very much. We will be giving you two 18-hole rounds of golf and a night at the Coeur Resort Hotel as part of our annual stay-and-play giveaway with CDA. We appreciate them for being a part of this as part of our Father's Day promotion each and every summer. I had a great time at the Coeur Resort last weekend, and I know you will too. So 406-888-1029, evidence of you listening to this show right here. Nuana is now. Well, it's the top of the hour on a Thursday. That means it's time for your favorite segment. Chick who doesn't know sports with our good friend Carolyn. You're listening to Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Or maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. I tell you, Carolyn will be on the TV someday, but it's not today. We are doing another pre-record on a rainy Thursday afternoon here in Missoula. I'll be on TV um, next, starting next week on Yellowstone. Oh, Thank you very go. much. Let's go. Well, the Yellowstone is uh, quite a deal. I was actually up in Sealy Lake over Memorial Day weekend where at this um, convergence of farmers, basically. They have this awesome gathering. I'm not going to give away all the details because it's sort of a secret, secret society oh, thing. Wow. But this group of people that have lived on the Montana High Line have gathered every Memorial Day weekend for 45 years, and they pick a different lake and or geographical destination to go to. So this year just happened to be in Sealy. I know some people from the High Line, so I ended up nice. going up there and hanging out with them. But we got into this in-depth discussion about Yellowstone, and these guys, these farmers, were so mad about Yellowstone and how it misrepresents Montana. Because these guys are like the essence of Montana, right? They're like Montana grain farmers, and they were just so mad at Kevin Costner. So I hope you're happy. Uh, I'm not mad at Kevin Costner, (laughs) just so you know. So we got to talk about something before we get into your um, sports musings. Okay. Backstory on this. 
my brother and I both are big film connoisseurs. I was grounded for the majority of my high school life. And uh, so I watched movies with my little brother. That was what we were allowed to do. Drive to Crazy Mike's, rent some VHSs, watch some movies. <laughs> Great parenting. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Um, but we never were really into musicals or theater. But I was in band in high school. I really do enjoy performance arts. I wouldn't say I'm a... Um, Theater connoisseur, but I've always enjoyed plays and things like that. But I've never gone out of my way to watch any of them. Meanwhile, my brother started spouting off about three months ago, telling me he's seen the best movie he's ever seen, ever in the history of his life. And he's watched so many movies, it's ungodly. He thinks that Hamilton is the greatest movie he's ever seen. And this guy, he's watched it like four times. And he's on uh, the Sunday Memorial Day I came back to Missoula I was hanging out with him this is the only thing he and his wife were talking about we talked about it for four hours I'm like dude I get it but I haven't seen it so we have to stop talking about it well I watched the first half of it last night have you seen it? I tried you didn't like it? no you couldn't follow it I how could you not like it? it is a, like I can understand if you didn't love it but I, I don't know how you couldn't think it was good it's so good I'm gonna explain to you why okay I <laughs> have been hearing this hype about Hamilton. It's people that love it like forever. They're cult followers of this thing. People are obsessed. So I said, all right, it was going to be on Disney Plus. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch. I'm going to learn a couple things. And um, I am just one of those people. Like I saw um, Blair Witch after it had been out for like a month. And I was like, this movie is ridiculously dumb. What the hell? Every The movie's shaking. Everything is stupid. I went to Blair Witch with uh, myself, my best friend, and two young ladies. We were in sixth grade. It was the second time I'd ever been to a movie with a girl. The girl that I was with, that I was trying to hold hands with, <laughs> puked on me. She got so sick from the camera, she puked yes. on the floor and on my shoes, and we had to leave. Yeah. Worst date ever. So, that does suck. Um, <laughs> when you're so 12, yeah, it's traumatizing. I just... I, I couldn't get into Hamilton. I was like, maybe if I went to, and saw it on Broadway, but I just couldn't do it. So I watched about 10 minutes and was like, meh. Oh, man. We got to keep watching. First of all, it's really hard to keep up with at first because you, it is so dialogue heavy, but they're singing and rapping the whole thing. So it is hard to follow at first. But I would just suggest giving another chance because, first of all, it's a profound telling of history. It's very interesting and informative, but it's also just so creative and well done. I don't know. I was blown away. I thought it was so, 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 so well done. You know, I don't like things or people that are overhyped, right? It just... Says it, the girl who does a segment that she get the content from off TMZ. No, overhyped, like Tom Brady. I don't like sure. him. Aaron Rodgers, not a fan. Hamilton. <laughs> nah. It's just... I just didn't... I'll try again when I have some free time in 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> but right now, I have no free time. I bet Ben would like it. I don't know. He would like it from... Maybe not even the... The, the, the part that I thought was so great is Tommy, our, our illustrious producer here. He is also very involved in uh, the drama department down at Big Sky High School. And he's done a lot of stage lighting and things. That's the part that I was totally blown away by. Is first of all, this is a play that's being made into a movie. So this is live. This is not like right. takes and edits. These people have to nail it. Plus the production quality, the, the way that they sing on the microphone, their tone quality, the lighting, all of it is just it's flawless. I couldn't believe how well it just how well it was yeah. put on. No, and I, I love a Broadway show. Don't get What's me wrong. What's your favorite Broadway show? Well, Annie, obviously. Mm, okay. And then the producers I saw in New York City oh, wow. with Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane. Wow. And that was 
amazing um, and just the best soundtrack ever, FYI. Have you seen In the Heights? No, but I heard that's coming out. That's in, the other one yeah. that this guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy who wrote and stars oh, in Hamilton. Oh, Louis, Louis, Yeah, whatever. his first big Broadway play was In the Heights, but then there's this big, the second one being made into a movie because Hamilton has become so big. Yeah, well, good for him. Chicken doesn't know sports, talking all things Broadway musicals. We really take you all around the we world really on this show. Yeah. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Thanks so much for listening. All right, Carolyn, what do you actually have? I have a quick, amazing sports story. Youth okay. sports story. Okay. This can fall under the Pepsi Youth sports segment. Great. Even though... It's not Tuesday. That's okay. We we, we, need, we owe them a little bit anyways. And Pepsi is a great sponsor of youth athletics across the city of Missoula and the state of Montana. So we appreciate them for being involved. They're also a Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi. They're also a sponsor of FC Soccer right. here. My son's team. And last weekend, these boys, well, all the teams played up in Kalispell, the three blind refs tournament. It's a huge tournament. That's what it's actually called. It's called the three blind refs because everyone yells at refs. They first, actually named it that. Yes, that's what it's called. That's phenomenal. So, the first game was an 8 a.m. game on Saturday, and they got clobbered 0-8. It was devastating. Against Coeur d'Alene, right? Yeah, against Coeur d'Alene. Okay. These boys that they were playing against were like 30 pounds heavier. One of them had a mustache. These are 11-year-old boys. It was insane. So, they win every other game. As they get to the semis, they have to play that team again. Okay. This time, it's noon on Sunday. They are well-rested. They are just ready to go. They won. They beat these boys that beat them the day before. Okay. 5-2. Okay. It was the most amazing turnaround you've ever seen. What was the key? Extra bananas? I think it was confidence. Here's what I think. I think those boys came in thinking they were going to beat our boys. Yeah. And the second we scored a goal, mm, they fell apart. Their, got them on their heels. Coach got a yellow card. Nice. One of the players got a yellow card. Um, it was just the most intense game. They won, and then they went to the championship, and they won the whole thing in their age group. And FC... I this think is U12? U12. Which is big time. Yeah. To win your age group, is that's huge. Good yeah. job. And um, FC, they, FC Missoula won, I believe, six of their teams won championships that weekend. Isn't it? I obviously don't have children, but I have been around youth sports prevalently, both as an official, an umpire, a coach, all of the above. And I also coached my brother growing up as well since he's four years younger. It's amazing to watch kids turn from kids to like little adult players, right? Oh my God. When they're like eight, you're like, this is kids, it's funny, it's cute. And then 10, you're like, okay. And then 12, you're like, whoa, these kids are actually really, really good. Yeah, I am obsessed with soccer now. Like I've been sitting with my kid, my son, since preschool watching. Mm -hmm. And in the last year and a half, the the soccer I'm witnessing is so amazing. And like, I can't get enough. Like I want to take him to a professional soccer game. <laughs> I want to get a scarf thing. I want to do the whole we got thing. Right I know, here. but we need some FC ones. But anyway, so I just had to share that story because I felt like you, it could have been so easy for the boys, our boys to go in there and be like, okay, well we lost, like we're not going to try. And they just, they just, it amazed me. It was awesome. Bodes well for the future of Missoula High School sports. Yeah. It's the chick who doesn't know sports with our good friend Carolyn here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. What else you got? All right. I want to touch on something we talked about last week, and I know you're probably sick of it, but okay. Naomi Osaka. I'm actually not sick of this. I'm actually really, really glad you brought, brought this up because um, you know me. I sort of think about things until I get to the point of all the way to the bottom of the rabbit hole, um, but I've been thinking about this extensively. 
So I'll let you go first. Well, I would like to say Roger Federer withdrew from the French Open because he was concerned about his fitness level and not being ready to play. Right. Nobody has talked about this. Sure. Naomi Osaka bows out due to, you know, just right. the mental health concerns, which is also a health condition. No question. And it was like all hell broke loose. Totally. Um, thoughts on that? Well, I have so many thoughts on this. Um, Keep it brief. First and foremost, the Roger Federer thing and the Naomi Osaka overlay reminds me of Derrick Rose when Derrick Rose first got hurt. Derrick Rose was the youngest MVP in the history of the NBA. At the age of 22, he brutally tore his knee the next year. And then he was pressured by the media relentlessly to come back. And the Chicago Bulls training staff cleared him. And Derrick Rose was like, dude, I'm not okay. And they kept going at him. And he's in Chicago, so he's in this huge, vicious media market. And they kept going at him. They kept going at him. And he kept saying, I'm not healthy. Like, you guys can say that my knee is structurally fine, but mentally I'm not okay to play on this knee. I'm going to sit out the year. And he got completely roasted, and his career has never been the same since then. It caused him to have a full-on mental breakdown because of a physical ailment. So I do think that you have to be careful uh, in both elements. Um, I also think that Naomi Osaka, I think the place where maybe she erred from a PR standpoint was that she tried to blame it on something. Mm -hmm. She tried to say, I don't want to do this because of this. I don't want to do press. She should have just said, I'm not feeling up to this and just left it as it is instead of making statements. Sometimes you talk too much. You live, you learn. I don't think it's a vicious thing or anything. I think she'll be just fine. But I've been thinking about this on a broad level um, quite a bit because on one hand, I really do think that Athletes, especially professional athletes that make millions of dollars, they are somewhat beholden to the public. The fans are the ones that are going to pay their salaries. You, the, the sport is, is irrelevant in terms of the financial part of it if you don't have a massive fan base. Mm-hmm. So you do need to, to speak to the fans. But I've also been thinking about the state of media. This actually caused me to have a little bit of an internal conflict because I worked for established media outlets uh, at three different newspapers for the first close to 10 years of my journalism career. And newspapers, especially in small towns, they're institutions. You can think whatever you want about your local rag, but it's been there for more than 100 years, likely. It has clout. You get access. You, you know, like the Grizz football team is not going to cut out the Missouli. You have to have the Missouli at the place, even if you don't like the writer or whatever, it has to be there. Same thing with, you know, Bozeman Chronicle, where I was working at in Bozeman. But... I split off and sort of went the entrepreneurial angle of journalism. I always wanted to keep it still about the journalism. I've never tried to make Skyline Sports or any of our other freelance ventures about hits or clickbait or outrageous journalism. It's always been newspaper-style journalism for a subscription rate. I know our, our website could be three, four, five times more lucrative if I was just running a rag that was just going after people's character. SkylineSports.com. SkylineSportsMT.com. You got it. Hit it up. But... I, I, I never wanted to do that. I didn't want to be the gossip column. I just wanted to cut it straight. Here's the news. Here's the injuries. Here's right. the scouting report, whatever it is. But there's a lot of people that have started businesses like mine without the same journalism ethics. Right. That's where like Naomi TMC. Osaka, that's where Naomi Osaka and everybody else is fully right. Mm-hmm. If you're LeBron James, you do have a responsibility to, to talk to the Miami Herald. You do have a responsibility to talk to ABC Miami. You don't have a responsibility to talk to this guy who's trying to get you to say something dumb so that he can make money off of you. So that's where the whole thing is fractured. And that's where I think of Naomi Osaka is totally right. If she just had to answer prepared questions where everybody comes together and they ask her these things, or you know, maybe you, you f- ask follow-up questions... I guess what I'm saying is it's all about the validity and the reputation of the journalist. And that's where we've gone away from it. It used to be 
Bill Russell does need to talk to Bob Ryan from the Boston Globe. Now, why does LeBron James or Naomi Osaka have to talk to this nerd who's just trying to get him to say something outrageous about the perfume she's wearing in her pregame or but whatever? also with... All sports, tennis especially, well, probably just all sports, if you go into a pre-game or pre-match um, newsroom and they start getting in your head about sure. how many you know unforced errors you had in your last match or this or that, totally. that can totally mess with you too. I also think that there is a distinct element to a couple women's sports more than any other, and probably tennis is the number one, where the analysis and the coverage of it is about you, you as a woman mm-hmm. as much as you as an athlete and that can be great but it also can be very unfortunate. Yes. Agreed. Like Anna Kornikova got eaten alive because they the press wanted to make it all about how beautiful she was rather right. than how good of a tennis player she was. I mean she wasn't that great but yes. Well totally but I mean she was in majors when she was 16 years old and she, she could have been a she lot better than lot. she was. No, she did. Kidding. Right. Sure. All, being just as bad. But all I'm saying is yes, like. Yes. It was all what, about her looks. What you, about, but yeah. Maria Sharapova's had to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Venus and Serena Williams what do you wear? What are your shoes like? What are your socks like? What sports bra are you wearing? What do you smell like? What's your hair? Well, And all of that stuff is should be irrelevant, but it's not. The yes. press, especially the foreign press, they love that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was reading about, for some reason, I was thinking about Jennifer Capriotti and how she kind of fell from grace because she went pro at 13 mm-hmm. and then she got in a lot of trouble with the law. And the more I was reading about her, I was thinking she... I mean, to go pro and be, and not even, that wasn't even now with social media and how, you know, everything, she was just, it was the nineties and she was just attacked as a kid. And then at some point, I mean, she was buff. Like I was looking at pictures. She was strong. So strong. Like Serena. Sure. And people were calling her fat and all this horrible stuff. I mean, and she, I read a whole article about how she um, wanted to commit suicide because she was, and that is what. We're trying to avoid with Naomi Osaka and any other player. What would you think of this? I've actually thought about this a little bit. The the way, uh, especially in female sports, the way that women dress is not a storyline in basketball or softball Mm -mm. or gymnastics because they wear uniforms. Mm -hmm. So it's not about your personal style. I think that one of the reasons why women's tennis players are the ones that can make the most money of any female athlete by a lot is because of what they can wear. They can have their own style. They can endorse all that stuff. But you just wonder if they homogenize what they wore, maybe that would take that element out of it. And it could just be better for the integrity of the actual sport, right? You're so sexist. (laughs) Jesus. You're just as bad. No. No. I'm standing up for these women. I I guess. So what's the solution then? They should be able to wear what they want, but then people shouldn't talk about it because it's, I think it's. I mean, when I grew up playing tennis, you had to wear, a lot of times you had to wear your tennis whites, which I think Wimbledon you still do. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think you don't really get an opportunity to be fashionable, except Serena tried that, and then she, you know she got in trouble for that at I forgot Australian Open or yep, something. Yep. Um, and but that those aren't tennis clothes. Like you, I do, I do think you should follow the, I mean, the tennis etiquette and those rules of this is what you wear on the court. The boys, the guys don't have this issue. They wear a collared shirt and shorts. I mean, Andre Agassi really blew up the scene in the '90s with his. Um, spandex and hair. <laughs> it is everything, right? Totally. But but yeah, I mean, I think there's nothing. I wouldn't be opposed to like a tennis uniform, or I mean, I th- I do think that there's you should follow those. 
rules. I, but. I guess it, it's just a, such a double-edged sword because I'm not trying to advocate that they should have to wear uniforms by any means. I think they should be able to wear whatever the hell they want. I also just don't think that it should be made such a big to-do of what they're wearing. I think Serena's really the only one that ever had that. The the pro, I guess the problem is with the reporters because I mean, th- you, you follow Hollywood and you know mm-hmm. the Oscars and the Grammys. One of the biggest things in that is the red carpet. It's the best. What are they wearing? It's my Super Bowl. But they do it only in a classy way. There's no like, oh, look at how ugly she is. Look well, at her bad you... dress. Well, I do. Yeah, sure. But like, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is that I guess they, they make it too much of a storyline, especially at women's tennis. Yeah. Well, um, I don't, I think it's really Serena is the only one they've made a storyline with. Chicken doesn't know sports. Carolyn, our good friend in studio. I have more to say about this. We'll do that a little bit later on because I do think that, uh, the the prevalence of journalists that aren't journalists, they're just business people. And I am a person that has used my journalism abilities to start a business, but there's a difference. There certainly is a difference, and I think that uh, it's worth hashing out. Carolyn, what else do you have? All right. Do you know who, I'm not going to say his name right, Izzy Atuti from Izzy Virginia Atuti. Tech? I, football player? Uh, no. Okay. Virginia Tech football player. I, I botched his name. Deal with it. Um, he... Is arrest he got arrested for murdering someone. Oh, wow. He and I this is just going to be like a um I'm just giving a tip. This guy got catfished. Okay. And when he wow. got to the date, it was a guy and he, the person who said he was a woman and so this <sighs> football player beat the hell out of the guy and killed him. So I'm just going to give a tip. Oh my god. Always assume you're being catfished. This is real. This is real. This, this guy really happened. with a person on a dating app yeah. and thought he was going to meet a woman. Mm-hmm. And then it was a man mm-hmm. and he snapped. He snapped. And he beat him up so bad he'd killed him. Yes. I have no words. So this is the, this is what I've been telling everybody. I know. These dating apps. I'm not saying that this is going to happen with everybody, but. Just assume you're always it's, being it's catfished. Bad. It, all of this is bad. I mean, do you remember the Manti Teo thing? Yes. When he was yes, cat, he was a right. Heisman Trophy finalist, and he has this whole girlfriend who then dies, and then all of a sudden she wasn't even real. I never even knew her. Forgot about that. Yeah. What but he a didn't. Thing. He didn't kill the person. So you know. Anyway, it's not a funny story at it's all. It's Not funny. It's but in it's fact like horrifying. oh my god. Yeah. So just guys, girls, always assume you're being catfished, and then you won't be disappointed. And if you get there and it's not the person you wanted it to be... Don't kill them. Don't kill them. Please. I am not an advocate of online dating. Carolyn, on our personal level, has encouraged me to do such things. I'm not really into it. I will tell a brief story, though. Once upon a time, about eight years ago, I did go on an online date, and uh, the the woman was nothing like what I thought she was going to be in any form or fashion. Not better or worse, just was nothing like what she had portrayed herself as. But that's where you just, you know, you, you just, just you have on. a 20-minute conversation. You know, have you, one drink, be polite, and then don't say, murder them. bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you're catfishing someone, don't expect them to be happy Gosh. at have, the results. Are you, I mean, are you a catfish person? You watch this show. I've seen it, but I don't, I'm not, like, addicted to it or anything. It's, I actually, I think that the online dating is a, bad, a weird thing, but I do think there's a very fascinating uh, underlying theme to that where... I mean, these people really do form this authentic connection yeah. via the words they communicate for each other. So then it does, it, it brings to the surface of how much of connection and attraction is non-visual, right? right? Like, what if I really did fall in love with your heart and then I meet you and you're like completely different than what you are? It would just be really yeah. hard. Because on one hand, this person's lying to you the whole time. But on the other hand, maybe they've just been being themselves and you really do like them. I don't know. 
Not for me. I'm just <laughs> really glad I met my husband when uh, <laughs> no before kidding. all of this, and we just met at work. No kidding. I know. I was at a barbecue yeah. with four married couples the other night, and they were all teasing me about being single in my mid-30s, and I was just like, you guys have no idea. That's why I want to do a speed dating event. And uh, let's go. Okay. We'll sponsor it here at Nuanas Sweet. now. All right. I know last... a bunch of you people out there listening need help. So. Okay, guys, I know a lot of single ladies, so we can let's make this go. happen. Let's go. Don't go on Tinder. Come to our speed dating. Yeah, there we go. Um... <laughs> this is the best thing we've ever done. <laughs> Chicken doesn't know sports on Nuanas now. What else you got? All right. One of my favorites, Charles Barkley, oh is rooting against the Brooklyn Nets. He is. Do you know why? Probably because he's been bashing on Kevin Durant for like 10 years. He is not a fan of super teams. He's not, I know. And he thinks that they stacked their team too heavy and yada, yada, yada. (laughs) I love that Charles, see this is why these old guys are so funny. They're not a fan of super teams. Although Charles Barkley played for the freaking Philadelphia 76ers when they had Moses Malone and Julius Irving. And then he played for the Phoenix Suns when they had Kevin Johnson and Dan Marley and a bunch of other all-stars. And then he right. played for the Houston Rockets with Holy Kim Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. That's, and Charles Barkley's played with all these Hall of Famers. He, and Scottie Pippen, too. So Charles Barkley, come on. That's why I needed your opinion. Yeah, it's just so funny. I just think that it's so funny these guys bash on it. But super teams have been a part of the NBA since the 60s. Right. And the he Lakers was... had to trade for Will Chamberlain so they could beat the Celtics. Like, they, this has been going on since before we were even born. Right. Um, and I thought that was kind of the point, is you make a super team so you win. So you can win the championship. Right. Isn't that I mean, the works? only real, quote-unquote, non-super team that's been a multiple-time NBA champion, I guess two, the San Antonio Spurs, because they drafted everybody, and the Chicago Bulls. But you can do that. The Chicago Bulls were a super team. Well, right. I guess, I mean, because when you're adding, I mean, Dennis Rodman at the time wasn't really a super team addition, though. I guess what I'm saying is people criticize it when it's not homegrown. Like, Got it. Like the, the Spurs drafted Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili. So those guys were all homegrown. They weren't like colluding to make a super team in free agency. The Bulls. Drafted Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, but then they and then they did make a run at Dennis Rodman, but that was a liability at the time. But in retrospect, they seem like a super team. But again, though, it's also easy to say you don't need to go collude and do free agency moves when you have freaking Michael Jordan and Tim Duncan. Those are two of the five best players ever. So you don't need to go make moves like True. that. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But everybody, I mean, every team's been a super team. Shaq and Kobe, LeBron James and Dovane Wade. Like it, you have to have another guy. That's how you have to win in the NBA. Right. Well, I'm not rooting for them because of James Harden. Is my beard looking like Harden's yet? No. That's good. Yeah, don't do that. I know I'm not doing it. I got trim coming next week. Oh, good. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got today. Chicken Doesn't Know Sports with our good friend Carolyn. This was awesome. Thank you so much for swinging by. Thanks. You want us now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Keep it right here. Back after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home ESPN Radio Missoula. Well, I woke up this morning, it was drizzling rain. Around the curb come a passenger train. I heard somebody yodel and a hobo moan. 
Montana Highline, Tommy. I want to go from East Glacier all the way to Malta with you. Let's go. Let's as, long just, as long as you don't dance like that around me anytime again, I'm in, buddy. <laughs> Phenomenal dancer. Here we got my boots on today. Nuana's now 1029 ESPN, Missoula Statewide TV, SWX Montana TV. Thanks so much for being with us. It's been a great show. If you missed anything in the show, you can find it on the podcast. N-U-A-N-E-Z. It's easy. Just type it in, rate, review, subscribe. All of that. Thanks so much for all your great entries. We just went through all the entries for the Coeur d'Alene Stay and Play. Keep them coming in. We'll be giving that away about 5 p.m. tomorrow. We do have some great entries, and we're excited to give you one lucky listener two 18-hole rounds of golf as well as a night at the Coeur d'Alene Resort, a five-star hotel. The podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. A couple quick-hitting pieces of news. First and foremost, the best athlete in the state of Montana that you might not know about, I hope you know about him. We've been talking about him. He's been on this show twice in the last month. This kid's a stud. Duncan Hamilton, Bozeman, Montana native, Montana State sophomore distance runner. Dude is an animal, man. He he had the most impressive performance of any athlete I covered at the Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championships. He's been even better since then. He went on and PR'd at the NCAA West Regionals to qualify for nationals. Now in Eugene, Oregon, last night, he ran a shattered the Montana State school record in the 3,000-meter steeplechase and got the fourth-best qualifying time to qualify for the finals. So this dude is in the mix for a podium finish at the national championships. He's from Bozeman. He's only a sophomore. Unbelievable story. Awesome job by Duncan Hamilton. We'll keep you up to date with everything that happens with him. Another news brief, Tanner Huff, who was originally signed with Montana Western. He's head of the Grizzlies. He is a, uh, I don't know, he's probably recruited as an athlete, but he was the state champion in the 100 and 200 meters individually. Also ran legs on the championship uh Sprint relay and uh, mile relay teams for Butte High as well. So those times, that got him a shot with uh, the Montana Grizzly football team. And last piece of news, Mike Petrino, former Lady Grizz head coach, he is headed to Boise State. Tomorrow, giving you the stay and play, so stay tuned for that. Also, Regime Seabrook swinging by, so that's sure to be a fun time. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. like we are each and every weekday. In the meantime, have a phenomenal Thursday. Stay dry if you're Western Montana because it's been pouring rain. But we need it, and we can't wait to welcome you back in tomorrow. It'll be exciting as it always is. Thanks to all of our great guests, including Chad Dundas, Travis Lule, and everybody in between. Let's go on as now. Peace out. Be good. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.